You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. We're going to get into some of your Twitter questions and our first stock up, stock down of the 2021 NFL season tomorrow. Start to preview those week two Sunday games. You know what's happening next week, though, too, is the brand new version of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It's relaunching September 20th with brand new hosts, Eric Crocker, who's a good buddy of mine and the co-host of Locked On 49ers as well. So congrats to Croc, who's getting a little more traction. Another another two-show guy here on the network along with me. So that's pretty cool. Former AFL and NFL player there in Crocker. And Ryan Tracy, the co-host of Locked On Chiefs, is also going to be hosting the Locked On NFL Draft. They're going to have a ton of guests as well. Some heavy hitter guests coming up in draft season two. And I'm not allowed to say who's coming on the show, but you know the names. <laughs> Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt. We got some stock ups, some stock downs. We've got some Twitter questions to get to. Some of the Twitter questions are sort of part of the stock ups and stock downs. But I'm going to turn it over to you first to start with uh, what you liked the most or didn't like the most and who might have ch- moved the needle for you in week one. I got a pretty long list. I probably won't get to all of them. And some of them are obvious, but I wanted to start with the Eagles. And I've been hard on Jalen Hurts. I thought he was very comfortable. I thought he played really well. And I'm not saying he's the long-term answer, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, that was not a very difficult opponent, but it was on the road. I thought Devontae Smith was everything that he was billed to be and more. The offensive line is healthy, and I I think people can forget how excellent that line has been. Guys like Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and, you know, the new left tackle, Mulata, that they've developed. I mean, when it's healthy, that's a really good group. And same with the defensive line. And uh, the the unsung hero that D-line I thought was great this past week, too. Former Steeler, my man Javon Hargrave. I mean, good dude. He was good. And he was really, really good. I mean, he's the prototypical Nose tackle for today's NFL. So I wanted to call out the Eagles because I've been hard on them. Eagles were on my list as well. Nick Sirianni, the head coach that hadn't got a lot of credit and a lot of pub, and people were really sort of, and I I was too, I was guilty of it, and we'll see how it goes throughout the rest of the season. But I was sort of side-eyeing the Nick Sirianni hire. Yeah. quote today that I really like, and I think this sort of bodes well for his potential head coaching career. He said, quote, before you can think about scheme, you need to think about the players and what they do well. I think that's really important, and uh, it sounds like maybe we didn't give the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, that whole group enough credit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one game. <laughs> the The Falcons are on my stock down, <laughs> so you know. I mean, as is Matt Ryan, <laughs> right? And, yeah, you know. So you know, it's one game. Let's see how they can keep the momentum going. But I, I, I don't think it's crazy talk to say the Eagles could be in the mix in the NFC East. I mean, and then that is something I did not think I would say. I will say, though, you know, it's only one game, but there's two, the Eagles and the Saints. I think the Saints are better than the Eagles, but both those teams really worry me with depth. You know, I think when you put out their 22 or their 30 guys that play a lot of snaps on week one Sunday, they're a pretty good team. But I think both those guys got hit really hard by the salary cap in the offseason. I'm not so sure that their depth will hold up. 
So just something to throw out there big picture with those teams. Uh, similarly, I have the Las Vegas Raiders, and we, we kind of talked trash about the Raiders with some fans and had some fun with yeah, them yesterday's yeah. show. But the Raiders deserve an absolute stock up after their win on Monday Night Football. And look, kind of similar to the Eagles, they might even be back-to-back in a power rankings. In fact, I think they are back-to-back in the Locked On Network power rankings done by the hosts every week right now. But the, the Raiders and Eagles are teams where, okay, Stock up, that doesn't mean I think they're going to be Super Bowl champions, but if you're middle third of the league instead of bottom third in the league, that's pretty darn good. So, you know, I'm not a huge believer in either team yet, but they they showed me something I didn't expect in week one, and they absolutely deserve to be stock up teams. Right, right. I mean, I think that's kind of what this exercise is for. Like, the Chiefs and Bucks are not stock up because their stock was really high. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, there's some expectations <laughs> you know. there. Similarly with the 49ers, uh, I got into some arguments there because the 49ers were, you know, a team that beat the Lions. It's like, okay, well, they did what they expected and they only and they let them come back in the game. If it stayed 41-17, maybe you could stock up a little bit, but it was 41-33 at the end and they let them sneak back in and you saw some warts, a couple injuries for the 49ers. I don't think you can stock up them for going out and just handling business like you expected. Good point. I did pick one guy from that game, though, and Penny Sewell. Uh, he yeah. was a stock up guy for me because, you know, he had a, a year off. He's a rare tackle prospect. I thought he was pretty darn bad in the preseason. I watched him a lot against the Steelers, of course. I felt bad for him. Not only your year off, we're going to throw you at right tackle. And, and now with Decker out, he's on the left side. And I thought he played like we expected coming out of Oregon. And I, I, I this is too bad for Decker. But if I were the Lions, I would not mess with this. Just Penne, you're 20 years old. Stay at left tackle for the next 15 years, and we'll just be done with it. I think you have to, especially now yeah. seeing him at left tackle and throwing him in there late the week of, basically, and a tough draw. He had Nick Bosa going up against him most right, of the right. game, and, and Bosa won his fair share against Penny Sewell, but Penny Sewell looked a lot better on the left side and just way more natural than he did in preseason on the right side. You have to leave him there. You just have to. You have to. I'm going to take another one uh, because I just realized these all correlate. Rashawn Slater, the other tackle, much like he did in the Big Ten, shut down Chase Young and looks like a star. I mean, so these two young left tackles, I thought, played as better than expected, frankly. Very good ones. Passed their first test. Yeah, exactly. Let's tie in real quick because this is a big question, and he's on my list, Elijah Mitchell running back for the 49ers, and we got a ton of questions uh, previously that we weren't able to get to on the show, and there's some on today's show. Uh, JDS says, what's the deal with Shanahan and his game day choices? Uh, I think we can tie all this in together with the Twitter question and what's going on Mm -hmm. with the 49ers and sort of a doghouse situation for Brandon Ayuk, who's not in the game, or he was in the game, but he was getting you know wide receiver three, wide receiver four reps, zero targets for the 49ers in week one. He was everybody's breakout darling, uh, including the close, like beat riders, the closest people to the 49ers weren't expecting this one. Uh, And then Trey Sermon, the third rounder, was a healthy scratch, not even suited up. And it was Elijah Mitchell, the sixth-round rookie, that actually got the running back two work. And then after two carries, Raheem Mostert gets hurt, and he's running back one. And it wasn't close. It wasn't like he worked in with the other running backs on the roster. It was all Elijah Mitchell once uh, once uh, Raheem Mostert was out of the game. And he was impressive. And I liked Elijah Mitchell coming out. And by the way, I picked him up in our fantasy league when I heard about the healthy scratch of Sermon. I picked up Elijah Mitchell about four minutes before game time and kickoff last week I didn't play him unfortunately because I had Mostert uh, and I had an awful fantasy week Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry and and a bunch of disappointments in our Peacock and Williamson fantasy football league but I do feel good about getting ahead of the waiver wire and and adding Elijah Mitchell to the roster because I like Elijah Mitchell I like him for the 49ers 
scheme. Uh, he's a one-cut guy. He doesn't have a ton of wiggle, but he's got some pretty good top speed. You saw a long touchdown in that game, and he's physical. So he, he finds the hole. He hits it. He'll be physical. Not a bunch of wiggle and waggle, but that's similar to what, you know, not quite as explosive, but similar to what made uh, Raheem Mostert so successful in Shanahan's offense. So I like him, and huge stock up, and he's the running back one, and Judging by the usage last week, maybe there's a running back too, but it's not like a 1A, 1B situation. You need Elijah Mitchell anywhere you can get him right now. Yeah, you're closer to it, but my take on it is, as you mentioned, very similar to Mostert in style. Speed, straight line, aggressive, hits it. You know, we've seen Tatum Bell. I'm thinking about old Shanahan backs that were a little undersized, but were fast, and when they hit the hole, they were boom. You know, stuck their foot in the ground. Those guys usually don't have a long lifespan like Mostert, but so what? <laughs> um, I still really like Sermon. I mean, unless there's – I think this is in the fantasy world is the ultimate buying opportunity for Sermon. And I'm not disputing your thoughts that Mitchell's the number one because I think it's pretty clear he is. I and mean, They just showed us that. But when we get together one week from now, we might be like, oh, I think Sermon's the one. Yeah, well, here's the thing is because Sermon was behind Jermichael Hasty too. Yeah, right, right. So uh, in the pecking order, at least week one. Now, Sermon, I think, is shaped a little different, could be a little bit of a bigger back situation, so he might leapfrog hasty and be the running back too and be utilized. But here's the thing is um, Mitchell's pretty good as a receiver out of the backfield too. So it really lines up to Mitchell being the target hog and, and the, the touch hog in the 49ers backfield with Sermon and Hasty just kind of working in, at least for the short term. And it doesn't mean Sermon, they liked him enough to draft him much higher than uh, Elijah Mitchell was drafted. So um, Sermon could end up being that guy, but for right now, it's looking like an awesome situation in a Shanahan backfield to have Elijah Mitchell. Oh, yeah. And, boy, it works out well for your fancy team, getting them for free, not oh. to fight people on the waiver wire. I mean, that, that's a beautiful move. I do want to bring up Ayuk. I mean, we have Matt Harmon on. He's a huge Ayuk fan. Mm-hmm. I love Ayuk. And – that whole move's a little fishy to me and in that, you know, it was his hamstring, but he was returning punts. Um, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, were, <laughs> you know, right. Sherfield, you've been talking about talking up for a while now is a, is an impressive young guy, but, and Debo is clearly the number one right now. I'm still on board. I'm going to stay on my soapbox that when it's all said and done, Ayuk and Sermon are the two uh, running the running back and wide receiver to own in San Fran when it's all said and done. Oh man, judging by Debo's usage in this game too is similar to uh, to what we were talking about with Elijah Mitchell. Like he was everything. He was targeted short, medium, deep. Um, he was on the field if you're looking at snaps twice as often as any other wide receiver in the game. And if you listen to Shanahan's comments, he said it wasn't really that tough of a choice. And and maybe the hamstring might have allowed Shirtfield to jump ahead of. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, but and he kind of made it seem like they were like tied. And if you look at the snaps, it wasn't that different. It's just that Ayuk wasn't really targeted. And you didn't get those Shanahan because that's the thing in Shanahan's offense as a receiver. What you want is for him to scheme you open and give you those little nice targets because you know the ball's going there and he's purposely drawing up a play to make this specific thing happen. And you want to be the receiver that makes that happen for you. And that was Debo in this game. And it might change week to week and it might be Ayuk at some point soon. And uh, I would try to be, I would be buying low harder on Ayuk right now than Sermon, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. Um, This is a little tinfoil hat-ish, but my hunch, total hunch is he would not be, screwing i put that in in quotes too with Ayuk and sermon as much if they would have played 
the Rams or Seahawks in week one and not the Lions? I don't know. Maybe it's it's hard getting ahead of Kyle Shanahan sometimes. And right. what's funny is we kind of expected a more of a committee backfield, but I didn't expect committee wide receivers and committee quarterbacks at the same <laughs> time. Right? Like he's going full committee everywhere. The only thing is the offensive line stayed pretty uh, static there for the Forty ers in Week One. All right, we got to move on to some other stock ups yeah. and stock downs next, and some of your Twitter questions coming up. All eyes back on the NFL as teams are back on the field. Another football season is here. Not only pro, but college action as well. Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. And I know y'all are pumped up after seeing a week of football. Sometimes it's a slow burn, too. You're like, all right, the season's back. What's it going to be like? Oh, yeah, this is fun. This is awesome. Overtime, Monday Night Football. Great. Let's throw some money down because now I have a good feel for what these teams are going to look like in 2021. A new updated site and interface at betonline.ag with even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On. Not only football, but basketball, boxing, baseball, your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available this season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. There's a fantasy tilt to a lot of these stock ups, stock downs, Matt. Buy lows, sell highs, who could be out there on the fantasy waiver wire. And uh, there might not have been a bigger disappointment than the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Who was that guy on the field Sunday? He got me three points in my fantasy league. I thought I was in just a styling situation here, and I was just running back two is what I was worried about. And I got a guy five minutes before kickoff in Elijah Mitchell that quadrupled up or more Aaron Rodgers' totals from week one. What is going on here? And Derrick Henry, too. Yeah, and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams from that team as well. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly some flops in round one of fantasy leagues without question. Saquon wasn't so great. Elliott wasn't so great. Um, I'm not real worried about the Packers or Rodgers, though. If it goes two weeks in a row, I will put up a red flag. But one blip I'm not going to worry too much about. I'm, I'm worried about Rodgers. Ugly, though. There's something different about him. And obviously, everything went off went on this offseason, too, sort of – adds to it but he looks like did he change his helmet and the hair is different there's he looks different like lost weight I, i'm like physically and mentally he he might like maybe this is a wake-up call and he sort of j- comes out of the fog or something but i am I, i'm even just after one week i am legitimately worried because there's been a ramp up to this and you look at aaron Rodgers, the way he's carried himself all offseason just physically looks a little different there's something going on there I mean, we're all humans, and I guess he has a new girlfriend, and he certainly has a new look, and he has he, – I don't want to say he looks sickly because he's an elite ath- athlete, right. but he's like is, you know, a little skinnier than he should, you know what I mean? And um, obviously it's been an odd off season and Jeopardy and all these things, so maybe he's in a midlife crisis. Yeah, it feels like something. And he's gone through this already with past girlfriends, too. And Packers fans fully believe in the conspiracy that when Aaron Rodgers has a girlfriend, or depending on who the girlfriend is, it affects his football play. And maybe they're on to something. I don't know. It probably does. I mean, I think it would affect my podcasting life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have to, right? Life affects life. Um, Should we be on a stock up quarterback? Scale, should the NFL be scared of the Los Angeles Rams and Matt Stafford right now? He's on my list, too. Just passed every test. Look great. I really think there's a legitimate chance 
that when Sando does his quarterback tiers, when we talk this upcoming offseason, that we all talk about Matthew Stafford as a top five lock in this in, amongst quarterbacks. You know, even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl and just you know looks really good in a Rams uniform and puts up big numbers and keeps him highly competitive, you know, competitive and elevates those around him. I think that's what I'm expecting from him. NFC West is is strong. Brutal. It's going to be a tough one. There's a couple of good divisions, a couple of bad divisions. Um, do you have any other stock up, stock downs you want to get to? I have a couple. Um, Cardinals, I just put Cardinals, exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an easy one. Saints, defense, exclamation point. Some, mm-hmm. some obvious ones. Right. Denver, exclamation point. Kind of going uh, hand in I, A lot of these go hand in hand with the, the ups and the downs, like the teams that the were surprisingly too. great and, again, the teams that were surprisingly bad, sometimes in the same game. You mentioned the Broncos real quick. Uh, K.J. Hamler or Tim Patrick? Tim Patrick's been pretty darn impressive, and I, I feel like Tim Patrick is a guy to own right now with Jerry Judy being out for the next six to eight weeks. I 100% agree. Um, I, I think Patrick, I'd have to go double-check this, but I'm almost certain that he was getting a lot more snaps than Hamler when Judy was healthy, pre-injury. You know, mm. he's the third, and now he's the two. So I think Patrick is ahead of Hamler, but they're in a good shape to at least overcome the Judy situation. Um, so, you know, I, I, Judy looked great, though, before the injury, so that one kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, so Tim Patrick over Hamler in most leagues, but there's going to be a couple of weeks where Hamler has nice slot matchups and can make some big plays, too. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Judy thing w- hurts my fantasy teams more than it hurts the actual Denver Broncos. Probably, although I really expected a breakout, you know, star season from him. And he could be back. It's a high ankle sprain. I think mm-hmm. it was either four to six weeks or six to eight weeks I saw, which is good. It's like half the season. If he's back in 100% the second half of the year, that's fine. That That's pretty good news, actually, for how bad that looked. I thought that might have been a season ender. I expected it to be, and we'll see what it looks like yeah, when he comes back. Sprain, but it, yeah, at least the news is good. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, oh, the Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks, Tyrod Taylor, David Coley, the whole group, right? The Houston Texans got to give them props and a big stock up. And I don't know how long that's going to continue. I still might put them 32 in my power rankings, maybe 31 over the Jaguars, who they beat. But um, I just, I just, there was a more of a calm and a professional looking football team there with the Houston Texans than I thought I was going to see. Without question. And the obvious correlation there are. Kind of like we said before, I mean, the Falcons, the Titans, the Packers, the Giants are all massive stock downs across the board, as are the Jags. Is Urban Meyer going to be USC's next head coach? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, and Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer on my stock down list, by the way. Oh, yeah, in a big way. But you're right. We talked about Texans earlier in the, in the week. Maybe they're not terrible. You know, they get a lot of professional players and they played a good game against a bad team. I have two more stock downs, actually. And Brandon, Brandon okay. Cooks. I mean, it's too late. Brandon Cooks, I'm sure, is taken in all of your fantasy football leagues. And uh, it might not even be a, a sell-high situation with Brandon Cooks. Maybe one more week. Like, let, it, let him get some more catches under his belt. But, man, there's he's just so far and away the number one target there. And as a professional quarterback in Tyrod Taylor to give him the ball. like that's and, and they'll be behind enough. That's just a sneaky fantasy play this year in Brandon Cooks. Yeah, without question. He's a really good player. That, and he's good. Because yeah. he's bounced around the league, people don't realize, I think. Damian Harris, hey, actually, my last ahead. stock up, I forgot I had this one in there. And just because of the usage, he was so clear. Because you always get worried about that Patriots backfield and the committee. He was straight up number one, period, and looked good. So Damian Harris is good to go and good to deploy as a, an RB1 in your fantasy football leagues. 
I 100% agree. I think that's exactly what he is. Uh, Mac Jones being there helps him because they're not going to vulture the goal line carries. Maybe he catches a dump off or two more. I think he looks really good. And there are some doubters. Oh, he had a big fumble. Belichick's going to bench him. Well, if you can pry him away from the the owner who of Damian Harris now in fantasy, I think that's a good move. Um, I have one last one that's not super fantasy related. But I thought two Cowboys, Dak Prescott and Tyron Smith, both came back and mm. looked pretty close to what we expected them, what they have throughout their great careers. You know, um, you know, Tyron Smith's been injured and battled a lot of stuff over the last couple of years, but was maybe the best left tackle in the league for a long stretch. I thought he came back and played really well. And I thought Dak fin- you know, finished strong as well with his first game back after a gruesome injury. And then I saw the stat this morning. Over Dak's last five starts, four last year, five and one this year, he's averaging almost 419 yards a game. <laughs> I and I think it's going to continue. Like Cowboys games yeah. are going to be fantasy bonanzas all season long because they have legitimate offense and too much talent there. Dak is back, and hopefully he stays healthy. And I think he's actually going to get better because I don't think he's back to 100. percent I think he's more like 90 percent right now, judging by how he looks moving around. And a couple of throws I saw that didn't have quite as much zip as I expected from Dak, but it doesn't matter. Agreed. And so that could get even better. And then. Uh, whoever they're playing against because that defense is still not good. So there's going to be a lot of points in those games, like uh, Justin Herbert versus the Cowboys next week. It's going to be fun. Start everybody in that one. Yeah, and you know, sort of a fancy note too, like Dallas played Tampa. Buffalo played the Steelers. Chargers played Washington. Like those were tough matchups. I mean, don't be super worried if Elliott didn't put up massive fantasy yeah. points to you. You know, they're not going to run into the Vita Vea Namakong Sioux wall over and over. <laughs> no, that's a great point. Uh, that's an absolutely great point there. And, and then some of the other games where they're bad teams, it's like, okay, well, the Texans beat the Jaguars, but let's see the Texans beat, you know, the Titans and the Colts and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, whoever, the Chiefs, you know, whoever else they end up going up against this year, and they do have a pretty tough schedule. So, um you kind of it's it's stock up sometimes for some bad teams, but it's a muted stock up because it's like okay, well, maybe better than thirty two, but maybe not better than twenty nine. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. I mean, this might be the highest point yeah. of the Texans, you know, concern. as it was last year for the Chargers or, or <laughs> for, for the, the Jaguars. For the Jags, We've yeah, seen that. Exactly. We've seen oh, that happen. Better Absolutely. Than we thought. Nah, maybe not. Um, all right, cool. Uh, that's that's good for the stock up, stock down. On actually, I have one more that I got to get to, and it's Matt mm-hmm. Nagy and the Bears. Like Matt Nagy, if you're listening, come on, man, yeah. save your job, put Justin Fields in the game, win a few more games, and get a chance to coach as a head coach one more time next year. Yeah, it's it, it. it makes no sense to me. Do it, and I, I hope it doesn't cloud the judgment this week that oh, you're playing the Bengals, Andy. We'll let you get the start against your old team and see how you go. Like that stuff doesn't matter. You know, just get the right. good guy in. Right, and it's fine. Okay, start him, and then put in. Justin Fields in the second play, you know, and I do yeah, think it's right. going to be the baton this week. And maybe it's a more of a split. Maybe you see more of Justin Fields. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, Justin Fields does a lot. And Andy Dalton's not really making plays and making a difference. So you just got to stick with Fields at some point. And I, I think that's kind of what a lot of these coaches are going to run into. And especially since they're putting in their athletic developing quarterbacks in situations for them to succeed. So it'll start to be even more skewed and you'll be watching the game. And you're thinking, well, 
gosh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance are just making way more big plays in way less opportunities than the uh, the quarterbacks in front of them. And it's almost like going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like uh, it's they're almost going to make that decision for themselves because they're not only putting that quarterback on the field and showing it, where if it was on the bench, you could just stick with the starter and say, I ah, got young, young kids not ready. But then you're, people are going to see it, and then they're going to succeed, and you're putting them in more of a position to succeed in small samples, so it's going to be skewed even more sometimes with some of these statistics and some of the performances and impact that Justin Fields and Trey Lance are making. So I think that will even push them into the starting lineup quicker in some cases. I, I tend to agree, and they're just the more talented player. I always look at it this way. If your favorite team is playing the Bears. Would you rather they started Dalton or Fields? You know, I'd rather they start. I'd Dalton. rather play against Dalton. <laughs> you know, who you would know you rather play? He's going to be. Yeah, you know what to, to plan for, and you're not worried about him hurting you too bad with the legs or the arm. To be honest, right? Is he going to beat you from the pocket? If doubtful, but that's really the only way he can beat you. And the Bears' defense is, is a step back too from last year, so they're going to have to outscore some people. So they need some firepower. They do. I think it's a long year for Chicago, and the whole year has to be about getting fields on the right path. Let's finish up with some Twitter questions next. Okie doke. Do you ever fight for logins or trying to figure out where the stream is going to come from game to game and, and highlight to highlight when you're watching football on a Sunday? Does it sound familiar? One device here that lets you catch the game live, another you're streaming your shows, and then you've got sports highlights on your phone neighbors, best friends, log in, and all those types of things. Well, I want everybody to know that there's a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream. And I know you know Direct TV and football go hand-to-hand on an NFL Sunday, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. There are always interesting new flavors at Built.com. I love when I get a package of Built Bars because they're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in calorie. They are low in sugar, and they're a perfect snack on the go. If you skip breakfast, which I do often, just grab a Built Bar when you're walking out the door. Need to fuel a workout. Uh, there's bites, there's boosts, there's broths, but uh, it's all about the built bars for me. Their original flavors, all fantastic. Peanut butter, my favorite. Any of the peanut butters just go so well. Salted caramel, cookies and cream, cherry, barcia. Yeah, like the ice cream. Uh, we argue about this in the Locked On NFL direct messages, and there's a big, strong contingent of coconut lovers out there. So if you're one of them, apparently the coconut flavor is the way to go for you. But yeah, I always lean toward the peanut butter brownie, which is only 180 calories. Calories, 19 grams of protein in that one and only 5 grams of sugar. Raspberry Built Bar, only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. Go find your favorite flavor of Built Bars at Built.com and get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's start it off with our friend Go Pats, a frequent tweeter into the program. He says, why is it that every analyst, you guys included, refers to Baker Mayfield as Baker as if he's accomplished as much as Peyton Manning? 
I understand <laughs> referring to Peyton by his first name as an all-time great QB that he is. But Mayfield hasn't done anything yet. Matt, your thoughts? Why do we give Baker Mayfield the clout by using his first name and not his last name? <laughs> Go Pats. I love you, but I, I, I don't think it has much to do about clout. <laughs> it I doesn't mean, at all. There, uh, ma- there's multiple Mannings, so you call him Peyton and Eli and Archie. You say right? Manning, then you got to say, well, which one are you talking about, Williamson? You know? And Baker's, uh, I mean, a, Baker's an interesting name. You just know him as Baker. Uh, Mac Jones hasn't done anything. We've been calling him Mac the whole time. Kyler, Lamar, you know, like um, if I say Jackson, you'll be like, who's Jackson? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't right, matter yeah. what they accomplish. It's just whatever name is more distinguishable, you know. Uh, unfortunately, a guy, you know, it, 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 Brian could be very broad, but oh, Peacock, okay. You know, I know him. You know, right, like yeah, it's just everybody. whatever name of the two is more distinguished. Unfortunately, my name isn't distinguished either way. So, <laughs> you know, if you're a quarterback, which name is more, you know, I mean, there's, Sitting here, look like Tom Brady usually goes gets Tom Brady, not Tom or Brady. You know what I mean? Like Rogers gets Aaron Rodgers because his name isn't you know Baker or Kyler or Cam or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, well, I think it's that simple. Actually, nothing to do with what they accomplished. Speaking of the Patriots and Tom Brady, here we go. James wants to know. Uh, and maybe this is a question for Go Pats. Maybe you know something from behind the scenes there uh, from, from 20 years of Tom Brady in New England. What are the chances Tom Brady is, quote, aging well due to performance-enhancing drugs or HGH or something? <laughs> James is a non-believer. He's like, what is going on with Tom Brady? That's a good question. Is it just like TB12 method? Is that it? Is it genes? What's going on with Tom Brady? How are you in better shape and better looking at 44 than you were at 21? I mean, it's, it's unbelievably uh, remarkable. And I think it's big that he's come out and shared his plan, though. You know, it's, I mean, could there be a Lance Armstrong situation here? Yeah. Sure. Wh- that would be know. the genius of it. You share your plan to hide what's really going on, right? Right. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't 100% trust anybody. I mean, sure, they could come out that, you know, bad things were happening, illegal behind the scenes, and he was a master at getting away with it. Sure. I mean, it, it would not floor me, but uh, he also might've got bitten by a radioactive spider too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything crazy going on. There's enough science and legal science and uh, nutrition right. to, to do some things for your body. I think, uh, I don't think he has to go as far as, you know, PEDs and HGH or something just to be in good shape. But at some point, Father Time will catch up to him. Just going to happen a couple of years later for Brady than it does for the rest of us. Right. And uh, no, if, I mean, obviously what he's doing is remarkable, but it's not like he's jumping higher, getting faster. He's better yeah. get off as a pass rusher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he's he, still he's slow. His technique. We've yeah. seen guys like Nolan Ryan. You know, the arm is something. Yeah. If you have a resilient arm, Nolan Ryan was throwing 90s in, in his mid-40s. You know, like that's just some guys can just throw and throw, and he's never been athletic, and he's still not athletic, but he's in good shape, and so you can be in good shape in your 40s, and you can still throw in your 40s, and you can still be smart in your 40s. And he hasn't had a, a bunch of big injuries recently like Peyton did you know it was neck or something like that that really starts to end your career quickly i was gonna say that he's been fortunate with injuries for one thing and i'm sure his conditioning has something to do with it but it doesn't mean somebody can't break your neck or whatever i mean he also get lucky and um, how many hits has he avoided by getting the dang ball out quickly too i mean that's exactly. that's a part of elongating yeah. your career um you're the baseball guy so from what i remember as a you know just a general fan nolan ryan had 
ridiculously great um, mechanics. I mean, his lower body was very strong. His mechanics were great. And I think that's what Brady's developed. Yes, absolutely. And Nolan Ryan was, he came out, I think he was 60, came out to throw out a first pitch uh, at, a, at a Rangers game or something and threw like 85. <laughs> and like, and he was like, yeah. it's because one of the things that happens is, in, and this is a total different thing, and we don't really have time to go down this rabbit hole, but Nolan Ryan is sort of like the example of like, this guy can handle it, good mechanics, clean. He's been throwing more than everybody his age, his entire life, and, you know, not had injuries, and he could handle it. But other people maybe couldn't handle his workload like he could. And does that mean you give people less workload or you just find out who can handle the workload, right? Should we, because I think we see a lot of injuries in week one because guys go from zero snaps to 60 snaps all of a sudden in week one. And it's like, well, you, yeah. you had this really like too slow of a ramp up in, in practice and the guys played no preseason games and all of a sudden it's like, oh, week one, here's all your snaps now, you know? And so um, I think maybe there's a, a level of some players wouldn't make it to the pros maybe and they would break down sooner if they were if they had a bigger workload but then the guys who did make it would get hurt less often i think there's something to be said to that especially your your week one conversation of haven't done it haven't done and now i gotta go to miami or jacksonville in the heat and play 70 snaps time and time again against a great opponent who's not a third string accountant and you know back to the nolan ryan thing I don't think Nolan Ryan and Bob Gibson, Don Drysdale were exactly on pitch counts either. Last question here, and we kind of covered this a little bit. Uh, Gary wants to know, which team do you think did well in week one? However, it's a false Don. For example, Raiders, Texans, Bengals. If you had to pick one team that was stock up but that might crash back down again, which team is it? Texans are too obvious. We talked about them earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals' offense is real, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games because I don't think the defense is particularly good. <sighs> but I'm going to take the Raiders. Uh, I mean, Raider fans hate me right now. Yeah, I mean, Raider fans they... hate you for sure, man. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I just <laughs> I think it's a six-win team. Yeah, like Bengals, Raiders, Eagles, those teams all fit the bill. If I have to pick one, I would say Bengals because it's just so hard to imagine they're not in fourth place in their division. How about this? Uh, just to show that it's not personal, strictly business, I'm going to say the Steelers a little bit, you know, because we did the Steelers show yesterday and we were going over a bunch of power ranks across the internet and people had them at like five, four, six. Uh, no, I mean, I still think they're 10, 11, 12. You know, the offense and Ben are worrisome. So they're not going to just knock off the Chiefs and Bills and Browns and Ravens every week. Yeah, and I still worry about the offensive line there. The thing, yeah. the defense is going to keep them in games, and that was a big win against the Bills, and that was impressive. And you can't discount a team like the Steelers, and their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. You still got a Hall of Fame quarterback there. Uh, but the offensive bad, line worries me because, I mean, you draft a first-round running back, but he can't do it all himself. 2.8 yards to carry is still not going to help you. Yeah, Ben and Matt Ryan to me are – Teetering on this was a year too long, maybe. Mm, right, I'm worried about that for, for Matt Ryan. Again, small yeah. sample, so we'll see how these guys hold up throughout the year. But uh, they got to be looking at Tom Brady and be like, "Well, he's dude's what? Tom Brady's like six years older than Matt Ryan still." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Fitzpatrick's that age, and I know he got hurt, but you know, he, he's he got hurt. You know, yeah, I mean, he like, fell down he, like an old 
an old guy, you know, falling down the stairs of their house and breaking their hip. Right. Pushing the button around their neck. I'm I'm stuck and I can't get up. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's a a bummer to be in your 30s and people are talking about you at that that point of age. I mean, that's what sports will do to you. Oh, man. Meanwhile, I can't even walk up the steps without my ankle cracking. (laughs) Yeah. I played basketball two weeks ago. My knee's still swollen from it. It's like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) All right. Good stuff. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for all your... Before you know it. Oh, yeah, we're back. back. Week two is here. We're going to break it down tomorrow along with half of the schedule and then do the second half of the schedule, late Sunday games and prime timers, Monday and Sunday night game previews on Friday's program. Then break them all down for you Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.